we try to underpin our work with, with data and evidence. And in my experience, if anyone, academic, other stakeholder, has got a good story, has got good evidence underneath it, we're happy to listen and engage. It's as simple as that. Hi, and welcome to the Business of Policymaking, a Leeds University Business School podcast, exploring everything you've ever wanted to know about the intersecting world of policymaking and academia. I'm Jana Javernik, and in this episode, I speak to Dr. Willem Adema, a senior economist in the OECD Social Policy Division, about insights into international policymaking. Willem has worked for the OECD, which is the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development for nearly three decades, having led multiple teams of analysts of family, children, gender and housing policies and maintaining multiple OECD databases. Willem is the perfect person to tell us more about the life of the OECD from the inside. I really enjoyed listening to Willem as he has some amazing insights into the policy landscape the role of in-house versus academic research in policy process, the language, the players, the time constraints under which high-level decision-makers operate. We get a unique insight into his typical working day at the OECD, so I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. I'm really happy to have you with us today. Um, Willem, it is such a privilege to, uh, to host you on our show. Thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. Willem, during your tenure at the OECD, um, you have led various in-house teams of analysts. You worked in mixed teams. You regularly collaborated with academics and governments. You actively created opportunities for and invited academic research. You also encouraged debates and knowledge exchanges. And I wonder, your rich experience, including a seat at multiple tables at various levels of decision-making, has probably offered an invaluable insight into the process of policy-making and the role evidence plays in this. Please, might you provide a bit of an insight into your work? How does it look like? What does that entail? What does it entail to be an, a senior economist, a uh, policy analyst at the OECD? Well, yeah, my, my role has changed over the years, obviously, but what I currently do is I lead a team of, um, analysts and statisticians within the OECD Directorate of Labor and Social Affairs and, um, OECD Social Policy Divisions. And my team works on issues related to families, um, gender and housing, evidence-based policy development is part and parcel of our work. We maintain various databases because we know that if we have data and if we have evidence, we have a much better way of convincing governments to consider certain policy reform. In the team, uh, we maintain the family database, affordable housing database, the gender portal with colleagues around the OECD and uh, also the social expenditure database. And uh, with using that, that, that evidence, those data, we, we draft and various national evidences. And that's where it's one way where academics come in 
um, is um, is being used for for preparing policy analysis reports uh, and ensuing recommendations and, and debates with policymakers on what um, good policy reform might look like in a in a in a given situation. So yeah, I mean my days vary, but. Uh, depending on the projects that are going on, I, I steer my teams or do analytical work myself, although that has become less and less because over the years, you know, grown in maturity, one would hope, and seniority. So you, you, you have more colleagues to, to steer and to talk, which is actually uh, a lot of fun. Uh, working for the OECD, if I can make an advertisement pitch is one of the fun bits is that um, you see so many different people, so many different backgrounds. It really is an interesting uh, work. Well, I mean, OECD is really based on um, what we call in-house analysis. What role would you say the OECD in-house analysis had in policy process? And you did mention, but I do wonder when and why would you reach out to academia if at all? Oh, we, we do reach out to academia. Let, let me take the second part of the question first. We do reach out to academia quite regularly, and it depends a bit on the project. So at the moment, one of the projects I'm involved in is a big project with the European Union uh, on homelessness. And uh, within that context, uh, we have consulted with a range of academics uh, who have worked on the issue in terms of trying to shape questionnaires, make sure that we ask the right questions, uh, help us think about the methodology, uh, because homelessness, um, apart from, you know, the issues and the effects uh, for the individuals at hand are, are terrible and applied is for everyone to see on the street of Paris, but elsewhere too. Um, but for us as policy analysts, it's of course incredibly interesting because it is such a difficult issue to measure, which makes it a challenge. Uh, and we like at the OECD to measure things. And this one is particularly tricky to measure. And it's also not um, uh, straightforward what the right policy might because it depends very much on how the person or the group of persons have actually landed in that situation. So from that perspective, it is very uh, challenging uh, subject and academics who have worked on this in the past have been very helpful uh, in contributing to our thinking about what should the questionnaire, what should the questionnaire look like? Um, and, um, uh, what should our methodology look like? Um, so in that sense, there is sounding board. Another way academics influence our work is when we do a country review. If we do like, um, late June, we released the review of Norway of, uh, family work and fertility trends. In the course of that work. We interview officials, we interview stakeholders, NGOs, uh, but we also interview uh, academics 
to find out what, what their research shows or what their opinions are on certain topics. And if we do a country review, that is standard. We did this for a, a gender review on Hungary, on Estonia. I mean, this is part and parcel of the game almost. And of course, um, on a regular basis, I try to keep up with the literature. So I uh, try to keep reading uh, recent papers that come out on, on a particular topic. So there's various ways in which academics influence our work. Uh, either more directly in direct approaches or being interviewed or exchanges in, in panel discussions, uh, but also in the beginning of processes, particularly when it concerns country studies. You've mentioned that you read widely, and I know you do, uh, and you try to keep abreast with, um, with the developments also in the scholarship. And uh, obviously, because you covered such a wide range of, of themes, you have to read very widely. But I do wonder, how do you identify potential consultants from academia? Um, how does that work? The, you know, the greedy, neaty detail uh, I'm very much interested in. How does one who does excellent academic work really comes to the attention of an OECD senior analyst? Oh, there's different ways. Uh, you hear about it from colleagues. So that's, that's one thing. You will find that press reports on a particular paper or on a particular finding, and then uh, you think, oh, right, um, I would like to read the original piece. This happens very often on the internet, and it's actually not always that straightforward to find the original uh, piece because uh, newspapers do not always cite that, which is a big issue. But yeah, so you read about it, you, you hear about it, and then you read the piece and you think, oh, this is interesting and, and let's invite him or her uh, if for, for a webinar on the topic once this comes to pass. Uh, yeah, if you, if you do a particular country review, you talk to the officials and they will actually give you probably a list of potential academics for you to consult with. There are also academics who, who sent me their work, who say, right, um, here's my latest paper, um, uh, what do you think? Um, I am also a member of the editorial board of the International Social Security Review. So in that context, I would also see um, what kind of papers uh, are produced. So yeah, there's different sources um, that come to me. Well, I mean, you work with your group in incredibly fast-paced environment. How would you describe your experience vis-a-vis -vis academic approach to, to policy analysis, evaluation? What are your observations in terms of comparing and contrasting the two worlds? There's definitely a certain amount of overlap between the two worlds, but we would not, we often do not have the time to deep dive in, in, in national micro data, which allow us to, to run a free year academic project, for example. So that, that would be one of the differences. I mean, we, we have projects, but they normally are of a shorter time horizon than, than this. It might, might be helpful for your listeners to, um, realize that the OCD, um, is an organization which has committees. So my work 
serves the Employment, Labor and Social Affairs Committee. And these committees consist of the delegates of the 38 OECD countries. And they sort of determine our work program. Um, of course, we make proposals, but if there is a large uh, group of delegates who say, right, we want you for the next year to do this work on artificial intelligence or on pensions or on long-term care, that is what drives, um, in many ways, the agenda of our work. And the reports we publish are also uh, checked by the delegates. So there is a, a certain amount of fact-checking uh, involved. And I, I work for labor and social affairs, but there are other committees, the education policy committee, the environmental policy committee, the economic policy committee. There's a whole range of committees across the OECD who are served uh, by the secretariat who produce papers, documents, analyses, data on a wide range of issues. This is a really unique insight into the daily life of uh, the OECD. Let's say we as academics would really like to contribute to the shaping uh, of political policy agendas. But it's sometimes, I think, challenging to identify what's really trending in terms of, you know, where's the demand for work, for advice. And you've mentioned there, there are certain policy issues that you are asked to cover. And obviously, governments know how to ask the OECD, but how do academics find out what's really trending, what's buzzing, what's, where the demand lies in terms of, of policy development? Well, I mean, one of the identifiers is, of course, what do they think in your own country? What is your government? What are your civil servants, so to speak, working on? What are they most interested in? And that sort of gives you a, a feeling for what might be policy relevant. Now, the topics will differ across countries. Yeah, you have to be aware of that. So, for instance, in, in Korea and Japan, at the birth rate is incredibly low. In Korea, it is 0.8 children per woman. That feature of, of that demographic trend is a main driver of policy development, of policy thinking in Korea, much more so than it would be in my country, the Netherlands, or the UK, uh, or many other OECD countries. So the, the issue in Korea might be very different from what drives policy development in the, in the UK at the moment. Concerns about the cost of childcare, uh, housing, uh, are, are big issues in the UK, which are also coming to the fore in many other OECD countries, but not all. Uh, the cost of childcare is not a, a pertinent issue in, let's say, Sweden. Um, so, I mean, it, it differs very much. So the first thing to identify is, right, what are the policymakers in my country interested in? Uh, and uh, does that link to international research? Because what countries often do these days is, is come to us and say, right, what's happening in this area in another country? Uh, what would be a good practice to consider? For policy development that we could use in our own country. So that gives you a, a feel for what may play internationally. Now, uh, in the social policy area, 
I mean, everyone can see there are imminent problems with demographic trends and, and the need for long-term care. So we've started to think about it and, and think about, you know, how can countries best play into the needs that may emerge in this area? That is quite a universal area of concern, but as said, childcare is an issue in some countries, but not in others. So yeah, it varies, but identify the topics and, and work accordingly. I mean, when I was young, I, when I went to go and do my, um, PhD, I did that on issues relating to um, the receipt of invalidity benefits and disability benefits. Uh, which was incredibly high in the late eighties and in the early nineties. And there was a lot of policy work going on in that area at that time, much less so nowadays. So yeah, it, it also changes with time. You understand well, the politics of policymaking, you understand different communities, different approaches, different types of policies, different types of decisions. Also different coalitions, power plays, you've seen it all. Um, can you offer any top tips or advice to academics who are willing and eager to engage with policy on how to actually reach and influence audiences beyond academia, how and where to start, how to gain access to the OECD, to the policy world? You did mention that a bit, but where to start? Well, I mean, I, I think a, a good starting point is at home. And, uh, because I am also, uh, I also have experience of, uh, those countries then, uh, willing to share those practices or that research from home with other countries. So they promote then the, the work, uh, in that way, there's no one single way in which you can, you know, get, get involved in, in national politics. Uh, but I would, I would say that academics who are working on, on topical issues, um, should be, uh, sharing their main findings either with the press, with social media, and sooner or later it will be picked up. And, um, then we will also get to, to hear about it. We try to, to underpin our work with, with data and evidence. And in my experience, if anyone, academic, other stakeholder has got a good story, has got good evidence underneath it, we're happy to listen and engage. It's as simple as that. And the OECD, it is seen as, as an important partner in shaping policy agendas. It has such an important role to play across the world. What would be your, your take on that? I think you should be aware. Uh, of important context in which you tell your story. And you should be aware of things which, um, may not necessarily show up in, in the data, which, which are otherwise very important. So for instance, in New Zealand, you have a, a fairly large minority of people who are either Maori or uh, Pacific Islanders. And we're talking, if, if you put them together, you take them together, uh, you, you're talking about a 25% of the population. Um, but the Maori group in itself is also fairly large and they have a different culture in the sense that it's, it's a matriarchy. It's, it's the, the older women play a very large, uh, and determining role in that society. 
And what is uh, the case is that a lot of the um, sole parents in New Zealand are also often part of the Maori uh, culture. And you have to um, uh, be aware of the role of women in that culture. And so that, that gives a different sort of national context to whatever policy advice you may give on this issue and makes it more sensitive. You have to be aware of those cultural differences to make any sort of sensible observations on policy in those countries. Such an important uh, point about the cultural intelligence as well. Thanks for that. Uh, but Willem, how does a typical day of a senior economist look like? How many countries have you visited? How many groups have you spoken to in your career? But how do you get along with, with the dynamics in a really, really fast-paced um, way of working? Well, I mean, I have visited most, but not all OECD countries over, over my tenure with the OECD, which is almost 30 years. But, um, yeah, as I said, I, um, have a team, uh, working on family and gender and housing issues. So my typical day, I would go into the office very early. I live, um, and the OECD is based in Paris. So I arrive at the office around seven, seven fifteen. The benefit of that is that it's very quiet in the office at that time. So I have some time to myself to read, to, to do emails before my colleagues come in who, who generally come in at around nine, nine thirty. Uh, then I generally have meetings with uh, my team members on particular topics in their work, or I have, uh, meetings with visitors, uh, but these days. Uh, much more likely meetings on teams or zoom with, with delegates or with academics from different country, uh, to discuss particular items or journalists and that is part and parcel of, of the work as well. So during this week, I've spoken to people in Korea where we have a OSD Korea policy center about a family policy meeting that we are uh, organizing later this year. We've had discussions about gender work because the OECD has just adopted a new gender strategy at, at its last meeting of council, which is basically the OECD governing body. And then once a year it meets at ministerial level. So, um, and then they, they take various decisions. But we have to implement that. So we had meetings about how to start to implement the OECD gender strategy and mainstream gender issues, uh, across a wider range of our work. Um, we have had uh, various internal housing issues to be discussed because as I said, we're, we're working on uh, this big homelessness project and we want to take that further. We're, we're thinking about developing a policy toolkit. And we were having internal discussions on, on how that may shape up. So yeah, that's what we do. And, um, yeah, yesterday, uh, I went to go and see, uh, with a colleague delegates to the economic uh, committee. So, uh, because they wanted to know more about our gender work and how they can, um, bring in more gender issues in their work. So I, I spoke to them about, uh, and of course they, they serve ministries of finance. So 
then you you focus on issues like potential contributions uh, or uh, to economic growth of including more women in the workforce with more working hours. Um, yeah, and you talk about uh, hard-nosed issues like the gender pay gap and, and recent policy reform in, in the area of pay transparency, but also childcare and parental leave and how to get more men to, to take uh, parental leave and thus facilitate a more intense participation of their partners in the workforce. Um, so you, you, you talk economics and you focus on that. So, yeah, I, and it was actually a very, uh, interesting meeting in the sense that, um, there was great interest in the topic, which, um, actually makes me fairly positive about future change in this area. That's so good because, you know, it's trending and it's buzzing in the UK and it's been ever since 2015 and there are, there are new findings coming up and we are still surprised over some of the findings, whereas in countries such as Sweden or the Nordics in general, um, these are considered as standard, but let's not go into that. Um, I really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule. It's incredibly dynamic. Um, I so appreciate you being with us. But is there anything I didn't ask and you would like to share or any last words Willem Adema has at this point? I mean, what can I say? I mean, the, the OECD has been uh, a very good employer to me. It has been uh, giving me the opportunity to meet lots of interesting people and lots of interesting countries and work on lots of different is interesting issues uh, over the years. Um, people should definitely consider it as an employer, but people should also definitely consider it as a point of contact. If there are academics or anyone else who, who has, um, a good story in my case, in the social policy area, but this applies to education, to, to the environment. Um, if you have good evidence and, and this can, can contribute to, to policy reform. We are willing to engage and to take that forward and consider the evidence and analyze it and, and, and work with it. So in that sense, people should definitely uh, consider engaging with the OECD. And yeah, we can be found. We are approachable. So please do so. Don't be shy and, and try to get, get in touch with us. Fantastic. I am sure a lot of our listeners have really useful information and, and data to share with the OECD. Willem, thanks a million for joining me today and taking an hour out of your incredibly busy schedule. By the way, it was really good seeing you after such a long while. Thanks again. No worries. Uh, it was my pleasure and uh, I, I was pleased to do it. So, uh, and good luck with your series. You've been listening to the Business of Policymaking podcast from Leeds University Business School, presented by Jana Javornik and produced by Hannah Preston. If you'd like to get in touch about anything you've heard in this episode, our contact details are in the episode show notes.